right. You're set. Already? Um, With your doctor. Let me just frame the fact that I'm a doc I've got a doctorate in clinical psychology. Yeah, guys, we're 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 fully certified doctorates in clinical psychology. No, we're not. <laughs> Before we get sued. <laughs> All right. Just one. Sorry. Let, let me do that again. Yeah. One, two, three. <clears throat> it's been a minute since I've done this. Isn't it? Hey. Well, All right. It's never been a minute since I've done this. I'm <laughs> I glad. mean, you were on the last episode. True, true. As a guest. Yeah. I guess we're here permanently now, huh? <laughs> Guys, welcome back to the Making It in Medicine podcast. So this is the first time we've been back. Um, we have video now. <laughs> so that's a big upgrade. Um, but this time it's me and it's Tway. Um, so it's lovely to see you guys. But we have a lot of knowledge to uh, to disperse to you guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we hope you're listening in. We hope you're you're going to be paying attention to the next twenty to thirty minutes. We're going to try and keep it short and sweet. Um, but let's get right into it. Right. Okay. So sure. today's episode is on MMI prep and NHS topics. So I think the first thing that comes to mind when I hit an MMI prep is always like, you realize you just have to practice. Like, that, that is the only way. That is the most important yeah. thing when it comes to MMI like prep. Like cut through the noise. Yeah. The only thing that will get you through it is practice. Yeah. You can do all the theory or revision you want. Yeah. Unless you do some practice. One way it or means another. Nothing. I think one of the best ways to practice, practice, practice is probably like sitting down with other people who are going through the same process. So other people who are applying to mm. similar med schools, whether it's, you know, UCAT or BMAT med schools, sit down with those people and practice in the styles of, ex- of interview um, that those unis do. Today, we're specifically <laughs> going to be talking about MMI prep. Um, we may do a episode where we focus on traditional. We're still contemplating that. Yeah. But based on what you guys want, We'll kind of tailor our, our, yeah. our, you know, our output, okay? I feel like with MMI prep, the reason people find that a bit more difficult than panels because you're sat in front of somebody mm. and that person sat there, sometimes with a clipboard, yeah. sometimes with a laptop, yeah. just looking at you like, all right, go talk to me for five yeah. minutes. Go it's, on, it's like stop. a blitz. And then if you stop with two minutes left to spare, right, two minutes, right, we'll sit in t- silence for two minutes, let's go. You see, now imagine that for two minutes. You're not going to be able to talk. Still he's, he's still going. <laughs> in one of my MMI stations, I had the doctor ask me a question about ethics and mm. it was crazy. It was a crazy question. I didn't know the answer and then he went like this. Oh. Are you sure? <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. In it. I can't lie. And That's I was like, mm, yeah, I am sure. And then I looked at my marks afterwards and it was, I, I, got, I got the full marks for it. Perfect. But it just goes to, goes to show that they'll throw some stuff like that at you. Mm. Don't be, don't be. Yeah. Don't be fooled. Don't be, don't be too nervous as well. If you know, if you've done your research and you know your answer back to front, don't be, you know, tested and don't fold to them, you know, applying that pressure. Be steadfast in your answer. Be confident. Um, I think that's a lot of what interview prep is. Like, you have to be confident. You have to be self-confident. You have to be ready for whatever, you know, whatever comes. Yeah, that's the thing. This is the most underrated piece of advice. People completely ignore it every mm. single time you tell somebody to be confident. Because they're thinking of the four pillars of medical ethics. They're thinking of data interpretation yeah. and all these other specific things that you need to know about. But at the end of the day, if, you're, if, you, if you don't know the answer to something, but you're confident, you walked in and you shook the examiner's hand and sat down confidently, not fidgeting, and you say, sorry, I don't know the answer to this. But if I was to find out the answer, which I would go and look, I'd go to the GMC guidance mm-hmm. and look there. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, fair enough. Some examiners will give you the mark for that because they're like, he knows where to find it. Exactly. In real life, you're not going to not have Google all the time. Yeah. So 
like I scored a few marks by doing that in my interview. I didn't know everything. Yeah. And well, yeah, sometimes as well, there is there is this one thing, though. There is a slight caveat to that, because sometimes they will ask you a completely impossible question, some some type of question that even it will be, take you years of med school to even know the answer to that question. And sometimes you have to be OK with being like, I don't know. Yeah. But if I was to. Do you know what I mean? That is the right answer yeah. in that station. Yeah. They're looking to see if you're going to chat. Exactly. If you <laughs> if you turn around and give them some nonsense yeah. answer, they will see right through you and be like, zero. Yeah. So just try and avoid that uh, if you can. Okay. So we have a few talking points in terms of the most important things that we think that you guys should kind of think about and prepare yeah. for. And I think... One of the most important ones is the ethical stations. Yes. Yeah. So ethical stations talking about the four principles. I'm sure you guys have been, you know, had that drilled into your head a million and one times. Um, but really and truly, it's for good reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. So take that, take that, you know, that knowledge. Talk about beneficence, non-maleficence. Talk about uh, autonomy and... Justice. Justice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, we, we already yeah. know. Um, but... Try to apply those to every ethical situation that you're going to be in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you want a quick synopsis of these ethics, I, d I looked on YouTube, right? And I found videos that were five minutes long, yeah. 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long. What's the point? Why are you spending five minutes talking about the four pillars of medical ethics? I explained all of it in a minute on med camps. One minute. So what are people talking about for this whole time? I don't mm. get it. It's easier than people think it is. It mm. really is easier than really people is. think it is. You just need somebody to collate the information that's already out there for free yeah. and give it to you. So so I think that raises another important point. So we live in an age where like, we have a lot more information at our fingertips than ever before. And so like, you look on uh, Instagram and YouTube and all these things and you could see free content for days. Okay, yeah. Take the opportunity. You know, follow. One thing I think my mum always said to me is if I was to ever spend the amount of time that I took watching YouTube videos oh. and actually use that to study, yeah. I'd be a genius. Guess what I did? I just started watching, you know, like school YouTube videos on the subjects that I needed to do. Yeah. And guess what happened? I got A stars, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is the same kind of principle. If you start to implement it into your daily life, so follow those, you know, medical pages like MedCamps or anything like that, yeah. um, or any, literally any page that you want, um, that way, you kind of start to see these things repeatedly and yeah. it kind of almost subconsciously gets put into your head and it's it's a lot less invasive of a process, but it's still working for you. Yeah, okay? because the screen time is working for you at that point. Yeah, You're spending your time on TikTok or Instagram, whatever exactly. it is. We're not shaming that. They just make that time useful. Yeah, At least some of, make some of that time useful. Yeah. I mean, that goes on to another type of station you can encounter, the data interpretation one. Mm. That can catch a lot of people off guard. Even if you did maths, if you're not confident and you go in there and they put a graph in front of you and go, all right, your five minutes starts now, go mm. and stare at you. You're like, oh, uh, okay. And you forget that the axis is, is in per thousand deaths. Yeah. And you say something like five million. Yeah. In reality, that's, that's 500,000. Yeah. Well, that's 50,000. It's that's not a major, major yeah. incorrect. Like, exactly. Also. So read the axes. There's going to be a lot released you can find it a lot out there yeah um, main thing is keep calm read the axes read the question they give you then have a look at the data don't look at the trend straight away mm -hmm. always read the question understand what they're yeah. asking you and address it okay yeah. so another important thing i think we need to speak on is talking about 
your personal statement. So please do revise and reread your personal statement before you come in. I think this applies for both MMIs and traditional examin examinations, interviews. Um, but the reason we they, they do this is because they really want you to to be convincing in your personal statement, okay? So understand, they'll specifically be asking you more about your work experience, why you did it, what you learned from it. You need to be able to answer these questions to a good standard in order to really convince them that this is the right med student to pick. Yeah, no, there's nothing, take this from me. I didn't do it, but I've heard of stories. <laughs> yeah, There's nothing more embarrassing than going into the MMI station that talks about your personal statement and they're like, oh, so where did you do your work experience? And then you're like, bro, it's, it's written down, mm. just tell me. Like, And if you lied or if there's some specific thing, mm. obviously you remember where you did your work experience, but if there's some specific thing you wrote in there, like a sentence about mm -hmm. what you learned from that work experience and you can't remember that and they test you on it, that's you failed the station. You gotta hold that. Yeah. Like that's, that's on you. So read your personal statement, remember it, and then be prepared to go into a station and sell your personal statement to them again. Yeah. It's really just a sales station, isn't it? it really everything, is. everything's a like sales. The whole thing is, to be honest. Yeah, apart from obviously data interpretation, yeah. ethics. But um, at the same time, you also have to sell yourself in being able to to, to handle that pressure. Yeah. Being able to remain calm under pressure is kind of the part that I'm talking about when you when you're selling yourself. If you're able to do that, that's kind of the ideal person that they're looking for. You don't want to panic and just freeze. Okay. Instead of freezing, actually, this is a very important tip that I learned. Instead of freezing and just completely. Decide to take a moment, look composed, literally compose yourself and say, I'm going to take a moment to think about this. To gather my thoughts. To gather my thoughts, yeah. right? And then reply with, even if you don't know, like we said earlier, if I don't know, I would do this, this and this. But if you do know, then you'd put all the knowledge that you've, put, that you've collated together and then you'd give them a concise and correct answer. Okay? Yeah, I think that way you're kind of, you're seen to be stable. Exactly. And just to add on to that as well. A lot of people aren't used to not using filler words. Yeah. They'll use filler words like, um, like um, yeah, uh, and then uh, don't do that. Listen, that, that was don't also me. That. Uh, also, when I uh, started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, like he said, uh, <laughs> now that he said it, I can't undo it. I've spoken into existence. I can't, I can't See, it. that's how I have a doctrine for psychology. <laughs> but honestly... He's right. Try and be comfortable with silence. Be comfortable with not saying a word until you're fully ready to say it and mean every word that you do say. Yeah. Okay. And don't get thrown off. Even if they pressure you, if you walk into a room, this happened to me, I walked into the room, tried to shake hands with the examiner and they just aired me. They said, sit down. I was like, okay. You just got to go with sat, it. Sat down. You got to roll the punch. You got to, there'll yeah. be people like that. And they're like that on purpose to see if you'll stumble or fall. Mm. Um, I mean, you could say it's unfair, unfair, but they're, they're like that with everyone. So just got to get, don't take it. it personal. Yeah. So on the point of talking about your personal statement, mm -hmm. one of the most important questions that you guys have to prepare yourselves for is why medicine? Oh yeah, that one. If your, if your answer is not concrete, bulletproof, tank proof, nuke proof, you're done. Yeah. So tell them you want the money. <laughs> <laughs> so they know you're in it to win. <laughs> Okay, okay, disclaimer, please do not tell them you want the money, okay? On a serious note, on a serious note, please, yeah, okay, yeah, please, yeah. please yeah. do not be applying for medicine if you want the money. I can guarantee you there are better jobs out there that will earn you a lot more money for a lot, mm, let me not say that, a lot more money. <laughs> we'll stop Period. there. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I mean, but if you want to do medicine, please have your answer be ready and come from the heart. If it's not genuine, a lot of people can really tell. And if it's not coming from the heart, then I yeah. wish you good luck. Or I, you're probably a Oscar nominated actor. I know, right? If, if, some, if somebody said that uh, like while scrolling, yeah. and then it was like, yeah, you know what? And they went and said that to their, yeah. into, you deserve to fail. Yeah. Right. It's a long day. Also on top of that, they say, why medicine? Did you say why not nursing? No, I didn't. So they, they add, they add the clause of why didn't you pick nursing? Because you know what that takes away? That takes away your ability to say, I want to help people. Mm. So now you've got to pick the difference between medicine and nursing. One of the differences I picked, and I think a lot of people did as well, is I enjoy having the burden of responsibility. Mm. I enjoy being the decision maker and holding that responsibility. Yep. But then also feeling the satisfaction of when I help somebody heal or their child gets better because of yeah. the actions I took. And the decisions I made. That's a really good answer. So, yeah. yeah I, feel, I feel like I'm the interviewer now. Like, <laughs> that's a really good answer. I think what I said was, I think I expressed my interest in surgery. Uh, and also kind of developing on my leadership skills. So I said I was really interested in leadership and leading a team towards a common goal. That's a good and that one. common goal being, you know, improving this patient's health. As well as the fact that I want to, you know, physically use my hands. That's, there's something about my mind-to-hand connection and mind-to-muscle connection about being able to improve that patient's health with my physical hands and the knowledge up in my head. Uh, and something about that just appealed to me. And so uh, I, I guess that worked. Um, but everyone is going to have their own reason. Um, try not to copy ours um, because they, they probably heard those a thousand times. Um, but just make your reason genuine. Okay, that's the most important thing. I think another nice twist you can add as well is keep in mind you're applying to a medical school. You're not applying to a hospital just yet. So when you're applying to the medical school and they're asking you about your personal statement, if you've written about your subjects in your personal statement, which I hope you've done, mm. talk about your subjects a bit. Talk about something in medicine. So I don't know, the foot, talk about, the foot. I don't, talk about anything. But take what you've done in A-level biology or chemistry or psychology mm. and extend it a bit further into, into medicine just to show them that you've got enthusiasm for the degree as well. Because mm. they're, really they're investing in you I don't know if you guys know, but the amount of money that uni make from a medical student doesn't doesn't match up how much they actually put in you to to send you to placement, mm. to give you laptops. This is yeah. a uni laptop. Those things that costs more than what you pay the uni every yeah. year. So they're investing in you, and they don't want to lose their investment. So make sure that you can tell them you can get through the medical degree as well as being yeah. a doctor. You got to reserve that interest. Yeah. You've got to show me you have that. Exactly. Don't just sell the fact that you want to be a doctor. Sell the fact that you also want to be a medical student. So one of the most underrated tips, we were talking about this before, is a social warm-up. Oh, my God. So you see yeah. those awkward, awkward, you know, like waiting rooms where you have all the med students together. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, oh, this was way back before COVID. I don't know. Do they still have those? I think they have online ones now, so it's even online. worse. Yeah. Okay. There's well, you got to socially warm up at home. <laughs> In the mirror. <laughs> well, one way or another, take the opportunity to socially warm up before your exam. Speak to someone and just get like that little bit of like social looseness and ability to talk fluidly in a relaxed manner and really embody that medical student persona when you're when you're in that mode okay and really just set the scene for yourself so that when you walk in you're not like oh i have to flip the switch you're already there yeah you're already there you're just gliding through it you know what i mean and it's it's so much better when you're already in that mindset compared to as when you're oh i have to flip the switch i have to think in this different way da, da, da. Yeah. it's much easier 
exactly this is one of the tips i mentioned on the on the medcams tiktok account as well and it's so underrated but it will save you from the biggest failures in your Mm. mmi stations because if you're socially warmed up the examiner knows you're nice and warmed up yeah treats you more like a human being rather than a stumbling idiot yeah and and is nice to you for that one make of the, eye contact yeah make, yeah, make, eye, make contact, eye contact shake their hand smile yeah. sit down be happy to be there yeah, yeah. obviously don't like stare into their soul yeah. and, like, <laughs> like yeah. be a creep but like make eye contact be social you guys know what to do you're, yeah. you're all socially intelligent somewhat so um, I mean yeah. if you're in the waiting room if there is a waiting room and you're in person talk to people around you they're probably yeah. nervous and they probably need the social world yeah. just as much as you do exactly um, unless you're one of those types where it's like competition in that case scare them instill fear in your enemies and then walk into the interview room <laughs> this wall <laughs> <laughs> i love that all right so we've kind of talked generally around and about the different topics and things you might experience um when you know when you're doing your mmi but again like the first point we said the most important thing you guys can do is practice 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 the more you practice the easier it gets because you you already know oh it's going to be this answer it's going to be that answer and you're thinking less about the answer and more about how you're communicating yeah and that's another thing we we well, we wanted to talk about communication station but if you practice so much so that your answers are fluid then you can focus a lot more on your communication and just make it a much more pleasant experience for both yourself and the examiner okay yeah. and that hopefully gives you a few more ticks in the boxes okay yeah definitely Definitely. Don't just try and recite things. Yeah. Yeah. Reciting, Reciting things can, makes you come across like a robot. Yeah. Like, and no one, no one wants a cold steel like robot. It's really. Trust awful. me. No matter how much of a nerd you are, you'll never be able to learn everything in medicine. Yeah. It it's is impossible. Yeah, we're, we're still trying. No. Yeah. It's not possible. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. This is third year now, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. So now we move on to NHS hot topics. There's a lot of these. There is a lot. There's a lot of these. There's like. I think there's, you can kind of split them into two major categories. There's like the bog standard interview, like you better know this. Yeah. Like everyone who's doing an interview knows this. And that's stuff like the Bristol Heart Scandal, um, you know, the, NA, the, what was it? The doctor's contracts, you know, doctor's pay, stuff like that. You need to know that stuff. Um, I think... I think we'll even be posting stuff about, about those you know, oh, we the definitely standard will. ones. Yeah, yeah, but what yeah. we want to talk about is kind of the stuff that will set you apart. Okay? The stuff that is kind of more current, more relevant. And I think that's what this station is <clears throat> assessing. Yeah. Uh, it's more assessing, are you engaged with the literature? Are you engaged with the news and what's going on in the medical field? Uh, and so that's why we want to talk about slightly more relevant things. Um, so number one, first up we've got... Strep A. Strep A. Strep A. So strep A. We, we don't like strep A yeah, around right. here. Strep A is not a fan. Oh, hold on, I'll find a news article. We'll put it on the screen for everyone to see. Oh. Uh, Ooh, I'm getting old. You are getting old. Decrepitous <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> smile. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, wow, okay. Um, well, last time I checked it was nine. The death toll of children was nine. Really? Now, three hours ago, uh, Sky and The Guardian as well mm. has said that the death toll has risen to 15. 15? What's the date today? It is the 8th of December. It's the 8th of December. So guys, make a note of that. On the 8th of December, it was 15. By the time you do your interview, it may have changed. Okay. Yeah. Um, so keep account of that. But 
it's it's these kind of seasonal. Oh, I say seasonal. Part of these infections, flu, strep A, even COVID has a somewhat seasonal element towards it. During the summer, it kind of dips, and during the winter, it kind of you know increases. Especially the fact that we've been social distancing over the past few years um, and going into lockdown, in and out of lockdown. A lot of people have been wearing masks, but now that all of that is gone. I feel like it's given the chance for things like strep A to, you know, transmit. No one has immunity to them, especially these kids who were born during the COVID lockdown. I guess the most important thing to know with these kind of things is think about what's happened recently. So strep A. Now imagine what would the impact be on the healthcare providers. Mm. So I'm on placement at the moment on an obstetrics and gynecology placement in Blackpool. And one of the uh, ward sisters was talking about how they recently just had six children with strep A in the ward. And my GP tutor told me that a whole nursery started referring children who've been in contact with the child who's had strep A mm. to the GP. So oh, then they got flooded yeah. in with parents, yeah. children, and they just can't what? deal with all those people. I think the, the, the Royal College of GPs has actually changed the protocol with that. So instead of having the entire school, well, the entire class referred, um, what it is is if one child has been diagnosed with strep A or has been positive, tested positive for strep A, um, they've decided to give the whole class antibiotics that would... Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Strep a. Yeah. I think because I heard that in the GP practice actually yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, that's kind of crazy. That There's is, a lot of implications with that because, you know, antibiotics are not cheap. And resistance. And resistance as well because we, we, get, you know, we get taught a lot about um, making sure that we don't over-prescribe antibiotics. And so that brings up the whole argument of antibiotic resistance. Is this a policy that's viable? Uh, is it a policy that we should continue or even start? Um, and I think those are the arguments where you can start to, you know, look towards your... Uh, your ethical scenarios, look at your consequentialism, look at your utilitarianism. <laughs> These words, honestly, there's a lot of them. Yeah. But you'll get used to it. You need, to, you need to learn all those as well. Yeah. That's another thing that's covered in many different yeah. places. Um, yeah, MedCamps will cover all that as well. Hedonism, yeah. all those schools yeah. of moral thought that you need to know in order to answer some ethical questions or moral questions, especially the situational judgment ones. Um, yeah. But with the, yeah, just like you were saying, the um, the antibiotics, mm. it kind of shows in what kind of condition the NHS is in right now. Yeah. They would rather just dispense out the antibiotics and not have to deal with the consultations mm. than to have to deal with the consultations and see if the antibiotics are required. See, so they're taking that risk, yeah. I reckon, purely because they just can't handle it is the amount of patients. I mean, it is because... How else would they be able to? The staffing levels are insanely low. Very low. If Very one low. person on a ward calls in sick, that is catastrophic for that ward now. Yeah. Like genuinely. So it means that either one or two nurses is going to have to cover that additional person's shift or one or two doctors is going to have to cover that additional person's you know, workload or, or jobs list, right? Um, and the issue is so bad that essentially the NHS is on the brink of collapse. Like, it's Yeah, like we've just been sent an email as medical students yeah. that the RCN are going on strike, so the Royal College of Nursing. Mm. They're going on strike and we might have to be called in. But they, they said that's against GMC rules. Yeah. So, but they were, they were sent that email. So what, they're going to bend GMC rules just because the NHS is, is what? I wouldn't say on its final legs, but it is struggling. I see it in person at placement. Yeah. I see it with my GP tutor. I see yeah. it with everybody. And then that email came through and it's 
dispense antibiotics instead of seeing somebody to see if they need it. Because you realise it's really gotten to that point. It is it is quite bad, the, the kind of state of the NHS. But, you know, our job is to try and work out solutions. You know, we are the next generation. We are the future, as they like to say. Um, so as bleak as it is, we need to keep trying to look for solutions um, and do our best to, to accommodate... Um, if you guys have any solutions, please do uh, email us, DM us. <laughs> totally not going to steal the credit, but do so. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any other hot topics that you think are relevant? Hot topics? I mean, I'd say just get clued up on the, also the financial side of everything. Yeah. So get clued up on the strikes. Um, like you said, Dr. Pay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say those are the main things. Um, I think, um, like you said, about Dr. Pay, that's kind of gone under the radar now, hasn't it? Not a lot of people are striking anymore. Um, Doctors? Yeah. Oh, we can't strike, can we? Well, is it ethical? Yeah. Again, another argument. Um, but it's, it's, it's a difficult argument to have. But one thing I definitely will say is just don't do medicine for the money. It's really not what you need. Um, it's not. Only please do this degree if you really care about the patients, the difference you're making um just anything but the money realistically yeah. okay like because said, you will suffer <laughs> there's a future episode coming yeah. for money for a level students struggling where to go yeah and all you want is money there's an episode for you coming soon and we'll lay out the step one all the way up the staircase to heaven and we'll show you how to get there every step of the way all you do is follow the steps and you'll get there sounds too good to be true but it's not trust me yeah that's about it all right, so <laughs> that's about it. Just to just to wrap up before we close out, um, so we may be having a few notable guests uh, in the future episodes. So we're going to be posting on our Instagram page. Going to make a TikTok page. Yes, I am going to use TikTok for all of those of you who know me. As not I had to recently make a switch from MedCamps as well, but yeah. It's- yeah. Um, but we're going to be posting on those, so keep your eye out on those. Uh, on Instagram, it's at Make It In Med. Um, TikTok, I've yet to make it, but I will post it. Don't worry, it will be on the on the Instagram. Um, and you'll find everything you need to know probably on the Instagram page. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, am I missing anything? Uh, nope. And no. just going to plug Medcamps as well. So Medcamps is on Instagram and TikTok med underscore camps and we've got a website medcamps.co.uk and there you will find all the free content that you need um, as well as some other things that you can get and then on top of that the TikTok will have all those one minute quick bursts of information and these hot topics and everything will be on there um, just kind of like your newsletter for how to get into medicine and definitely the podcast page um, to stay up to track on everything to do with medicine even if you're a medical student now We'll have, like you said, some really interesting guests coming on. Uh, that will also maybe help you decide where to go with your career. Exactly. This podcast really isn't just for people trying to get into medicine. We're also doing a lot more focus this year on um, looking at careers, so specific surgical, medical careers. Um, Even kind of private exploring. sector ones. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm interested in robotics, so we're yeah. going to explore all of those. We're going to explore topics of money, da 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 Wald is our oyster at this point. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Um, we've got a lot for you guys this year. So please do stick around, uh, listen out, and we will see you on our next episode. All right? Cheers for coming in. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye.